The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We're going to talk about election interference and what the Canadian government is going to try to do to, to, to let you know when it's happening, how to tackle it, and, and how they're going to flag that. So we welcome David Shipley, CEO of Boceron Security. Hi, David. How are you? Happy afternoon. Happy. <laughs> it's catching. Thank you, David. A happy afternoon to you as well. So can you take us through what could be, first off, defined as election interference? Well, so uh, we're not talking about messing with the actual action of casting a vote. In Canada, um, our system is still paper ballot focused, so the actual voting process is relatively secure. What we're talking about is potentially maybe messing with people's information about when and where to vote, or more likely messing with their perception of the candidates or policies that are being discussed to shape that to the advantage of, say, a foreign entity, uh, whether that's a country, a company, or a political group. David, this really came to the forefront in the last U.S. election, but has this been going on for a lot longer than we like to think? Well, the reality is, and it's uncomfortable for us to admit, is that Western uh, democratic societies, and particularly the United States, have been messing with other people's elections for decades um, and through organized intelligence efforts for their own national interests. It's only this confluence of social media, the Internet, and the decline of traditional media has resulted in um, democracies like Canada, the United States, and the U.K. being vulnerable to these kind of shenanigans now being done against us. How much is on us to protect ourselves from fake news, election interference, all of that stuff we hear so much of in the news and, and from leaders at times? What, what role do we play in protecting ourselves? The best defense against disinformation and misinformation. So disinformation being deceptively placed information and misinformation being uh, maybe mistaken um, information communicated is a well-educated and informed citizenry. Um, so learning and finding out straight from your local candidates' um, own mouth of what their policies or ideas are, or trusting established Canadian media like this radio station and others that have accountability um, is important. And being careful what you click, like, or share because your social reputation has a huge impact on what your friends think about politics. Um, Notwithstanding the fact we all hate seeing political posts on Facebook, um, but when we see other people talking about it, that does influence our perception. David, what defines election interference and election meddling? Well, this is where it gets really interesting because um, this whole concept that we're going to see it during the actual writ period is uh, a bit disingenuous. And, and what I mean by that is in the U.S. example, when Russia wanted to mess with the heads of the Americans, they started this years in advance of the actual election period. And so they would create fake Facebook groups, fake websites, they would build an audience, they would get them used to content, and then they would make it really weird in some cases and really violent. I'll give you an example. They would say they originally created uh, fake Christian groups, and originally these Facebook pages just put out normal Christian prayers and information. As the election became closer, it started to get political. It was really subtle and well-planned. Now, the one exception to that is um, sloppy campaigns like what Russia tried to do against France involve creating fake scandals involving uh, Macron when he was a candidate, and that was a rush job. And that happened during the actual electioneering period. So what information 
here in Canada, will the federal government be tracking? What will what will those groups be? And then what sort of information will they actually have access to? Well, so this is where it gets really interesting. Their access to the activities of these groups will be limited to, in many cases to what the platform providers are willing to cooperate and share. And so Facebook and Google have demonstrated that they're willing to share some transparency information about purchasing of ads, but most of this disinformation has nothing to do with Facebook or Google ads. It has to do with the pages they're creating. And they've shown various degrees of honesty and cooperation to the Americans, and I suspect the same will happen to us here. Some other platforms, like Twitter, just refuse to play ball. So unless our intelligence agencies really stumble into or work uh, a planned campaign, I don't expect that the federal government's going to have that big, scary election uh, interference briefing because they're really not going to see it coming in time. How will Canadians be informed about uh, an election interference? I'm, I'm imagining it goes to the top with the prime minister and then trickles down from there. So what they're trying to do is depoliticize it because the prime minister is up for re-election. So they've created a uh, a crew of um, bureaucrats, deputy ministers and others, the clerk of the Privy Council, who are supposed to be nonpartisan, who will make an evaluative judgment to whether an incident that has arisen that is clearly disinformation or misinformation and manipulation um, that needs to be brought to the attention of the public. And they will have the authority and power to do so. And the prime minister won't be able to... Um, uh, veto that. And and that makes sense from a procedural standpoint. They're, they're going as far as they can to be nonpartisan and fair. But the reality is by the time they ring that fire bell, the House will have already burned down in terms of the impact of disinformation or misinformation campaigns. The damage will be done. David, what will be a case when this panel actually, should this happen, they decide to go public with it? And how much information would they end up sharing with you and I? Well, we don't know for sure exactly how this will all play out, but let's let's play a theoretical game. So let's say, for example, the Macron scenario plays out here. So in that case, uh, Russia uh, created a bunch of fake emails that were supposed to make the Macron campaign look bad. And let's just say that Russia decides they want to pick on the conservatives and they publish a bunch of fake emails um, that generate some media controversy and it's discovered by this group that that's a, a misinformation campaign, then they would hold a press conference, disseminate the information to the public as well as the political parties that this was a planned, executed misinformation campaign. Um, and that's the best is sort of they're thinking about. But the problem with that is, uh, I can't remember the full line of it, but once you tell a lie or a piece of propaganda and it starts spreading, even when you're telling the truth, it's, it's really hard to get that back. The, the, when we say things spread virally, it really means that. And bad ideas and controversy spreads faster and more impactfully than the truth. David, is it difficult to tell what would warrant the decision to go, to go public to alert Canadians of election interference? Well, yeah, the, 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 this is left to the discretion of this group. Um, and we're going to have to trust that these um, bureaucrats have the best interests of Canada in mind. And you really can't write a playbook of uh, if this, then that, um, because the tactics, the campaigns, the initiatives, they change and they shift. The The thing is, if Canadians want to know, like, is this going to tell us if our elections being messed with? The reality is our elections been messed with for the last couple of years. Uh, that's the way this plays out. Uh, we're in perpetual campaign mode anyway now. So the same thing goes for those that want to sway our democratic choices. So as I said, the uh, 
the biggest thing we need to know about is, is this a real risk to our democracy? Yes. Is it happening now? Absolutely. With a variety of reasons to cause that. Um, and the only way to protect ourselves is not to really rely on a government committee, uh, is actually to get informed. When it comes to meddling and interference, David, is it more common for groups of people to do this sort of thing? Or are there cases where you see a lone wolf doing it by themselves? Well, so a great question, um, and there's a variety of different examples. So, you know, obviously uh, foreign and nation-state groups are well-funded. and They've got a plan. We've seen um, political groups, whether they're environmental or others, that say maybe anti-energy development that will wage information campaigns. Um, and then we've seen those lone wolves. For example, in Germany in the last couple of years, one 20-year-old decided to gather confidential information on politicians at various levels of government and like a twisted ad calendar over December started releasing embarrassing information about them um, at during and after election period. So some people just want to see the world burn. And those are probably the, the ones that are hardest to stop or see coming. David, is it fairly shocking to you to see how at times how easy it can be to dismantle a campaign or a legacy built over months or years? Uh, I, I guess I, I think we're the biggest thing for me is I'm not shocked or surprised. It's just the um, the bill for all of our good intentions with social media and technology and the decline of trust in traditional media has come due. And unfortunately, that bill includes faith in our democracy, and it's the last line we can't cross. So we've got to take this seriously. These companies, particularly Facebook and Twitter and others, are unaccountable to Canadians. They're not acting fast enough to actually lock this down. And the reality is our politicians missed the window to deal with that for this election. Hopefully we can have good faith and trust and we do avoid a major scandal and we can believe in the results of our election in October. And after October, hopefully we can deal with this in a more planned fashion because these little fire alarm committees that we want to pull during the election period are not going to save our democracy. David, do you ever see this creating a ripple down effect and beginning to impact elections at the provincial and local level? I, I, I think so. Um, what, what happens with these tactics and tools is it initially starts off with really well-funded nation-state national groups, and then um, companies and political activist groups start to get a handle on it, and then um, other non-state actors get involved. And literally, it's not expensive. If you look at some of these creepy text messaging campaigns that have been wielded in various provinces already, um, this is not thousands of dollars. It might be hundreds. So um, it is very much possible for more and more groups to sow ever more confusion uh, very quickly, very fast, very cheap. And we all suffer for that. David, I just want to go back to the point you made one question earlier about missing the window of opportunity to deal with election interference. When, In your opinion, when, when was the right time to act? Like, are we months behind? 2016. Uh, we watched what happened to the Americans. And we had 2017 and 2018 to say, you know what, for example, Facebook, the, the reality is Facebook knew it was being messed with by the Russians to interfere with U.S. democracy and did nothing and then only admitted to it after the fact. And yet we could see the same thing happen to us in Canada, and there is not a blessed thing our government can do to hold Facebook accountable to it. Thus, Facebook doesn't care about actually dealing with this issue. Um, its share prices rebounded. People still use it. 
and you know the consequences to our democracy be damned so we really miss the opportunity to wrangle in these new media and social media companies that are causing all this pain to actually spend money and be accountable and clean up their mess so the Liberal government is saying, you know, this is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to do. This is what we could release. This is what we could tell you. If something does actually happen, do they have a penalty system in place yet? No, no. This, like, this is just going to alert Canadians that, say, one of these campaigns has been going on in these Facebook fan pages or, or websites was propagating misinformation and, and hope that that somehow rewinds the damage. And, and keep in mind, too, that... You know, if you're really going to cause havoc and, and create a spin, you don't wait till the start of the, the election campaign. And if you're going to do it as a, a timed catastrophic thing, you do it a couple of days before you actually vote, at which point people's minds may already have been made up. So, you know, I, I really do feel like this is closing the barn door after the horses are well and good uh, down the road. That is the voice of David Shipley. David, you you are so fascinating. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. You're always welcome.